Welcome to Running on Ice, the coolest community in freight. I'm your host, Mary O'Connell, bringing you the latest tech updates, warehouse news, and everything happening in the cold chain world. Not only is there the coolest show in freight, but there's also Running on Ice, a newsletter that could not be colder. You can subscribe to that on freightwaves.com slash running on ice. Before we get into our guest interview, let's get into some headlines. For the first time in the country's history, Bangladesh has started exporting fruits using reefer containers. Earlier, only potatoes were exported by sea, packed into containers. Usually, fruits and vegetables like mangoes are exported by air. However, on March 17th, watermelons and tomatoes were exported to Malaysia by ship. The owner of the export firm, Sitar International, says 13.32 tons of watermelon and 700 tons of tomato were shipped in a container to Malaysia. For the watermelons alone, the exporter will fetch about $4,000 U.S. dollars. He noted that a significant volume of watermelons is being produced in Bangladesh, and is if the waterway shipment of watermelons is found to be successful, the country will be able to earn huge amounts of foreign currency by exporting fruits like watermelon, lychee, banana, jackfruit, which are being produced in, Bling- in Bangladesh. Thermo King's newest service, Remote Operating Center, ROC, is a driver support solution that puts roadside assistance for transportation for transport refrigeration units. ROC service delivers 24-7 real-time remote monitoring predictive analytics that use an algorithm to help predict failure delays or day- failures days or weeks before they occur. And guide response is by a team of experts to solve any problem that may arise. Putting older units on the road doesn't have to feel like a game of roulette anymore. Thermo King's newest service, Remote Operating Center, is a driver support solution that provides roadside assistance for transport refrigeration units. ROC service delivers 24-7 real-time remote monitoring predictive analytics that use an algorithm to help predict failures days or weeks before they occur and guide response teams by an expert to solve any problems that may arise. Putting older units on the road doesn't have to feel like a game of roulette anymore. Each alarm is critically categorized from green alerts that do not require immediate reaction to red alerts that trigger smart routing protocols and send the driver to the closest dealership to fix the problem. KFC is trying to start chicken wars again. What Popeyes attempted with the chicken sandwich, KFC is attempting with nugs. Kentucky Fried Chicken is introducing a new 100% white meat Kentucky Fried Chicken Nuggets, hand-breaded with KFC's original recipe. After a wildly successful test run in 2022 and years without a nugget made with the signature taste of KFC on menus, KFC Chicken Nuggets are making their way to KFC's permanent menu at participating locations. Also coming back to KFC is the mac and cheese bowls, and those will be back April 3rd. Today we are joined by Alex Winston, president of Expedite All and Reefer Van Network. Welcome to the show, Alex. Thanks for having me, Mary. Good to be here. So I'm kind of excited about this. And uh, for those who have, you know, attended some of the FreightWaves events, you might recognize Alex from uh, an event that we did not too long ago. But now he's on running on ice and I'm excited. Uh, Before we dive into uh, short, small, uh, before we dive into small truckload, why don't you give us a brief background on how you got started to expedite all? Sure. Yeah. Um, I I used to be a lawyer. And uh, and so... I left that field um, and started in the um, software field about um, about four years ago and uh, was general counsel for a software company um, and got more and more involved on the business side of things at that company. Um, and then um, Expedite All is sort of a tech forward logistics solution. Um, if you go to our website, you can see 
we have uh, truck map and rate calculators and that sort of thing. And so um, our idea was to to have this network and platform um, that shippers can use to find small trucks. Um, and we uh, have a network of small trucks that they can access on demand. And so really what, what brought me here was going in-house um, as a lawyer and getting more and more into business and further and further away from law and then um, finding an opportunity in logistics. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I think about logistics and transportation, that and lawyering goes hand in hand. It can, right? I mean, I don't think uh, we have any any day go by if, if you're in freight where you don't have um, disputes, usually not relating, usually not raising to the point where you'd need a lawyer. But um, I mean, you've been a broker, right? So you're talking to carriers all day as a broker, and you probably you probably have disputes every single day that magically get resolved by the end of the day, right? Usually, so there's always something, and then that then if there's not like an actual problem, there's always some contract that someone's trying to put a weird loophole in that someone eventually goes, oh no no no, we don't want that, we don't want that loophole, please, right. So yeah, and I'm not officially a lawyer for our company, but um, do I get asked all of the questions when there's like somebody slipping something into a contract? Yes, absolutely. Um, and I'm happy to do it. I mean, you're just right here. If you could look at it just real quick. Yeah, of course, you know, um, and it only happens uh, several times every day, right? So, um, but it's fun. It's fun that I have that background and can help out in that way um, when needed. And I hope, uh, that maybe it off- offsets our outside legal costs from time to time a little bit as well. So you guys have a new definition of STL, and it's not really for the city of St. Louis where I live, um, but you guys refer to it as small truckload. So for those of us who don't live in small truckload or the STL land every day, what are some of the mo- what is it and what are some of the most common applications for it? So a small truckload is uh, too too small for a full truckload, right? So um, and then needs to move in a different way other than LTL, right? So we have sprinter vans and box trucks that will go straight from origin to destination without detouring or, uh, you know, uh, changing trucks like you would see in a hub and spoke LTL system, right? So um, that's really what it is. It's for freight that um, might need to move quicker for some reason or that you might be more concerned about getting moved from truck to truck because it's easily damaged, right? Um you know, people use us for a variety of different reasons. Um, but I think the most common use is, hey, I need to go, hey, I need to go fast is a really common use. And then, um, hey, I really want to make sure this doesn't get damaged in transit, right? And um, I know if it gets moved from one truck to another truck, that's going to happen. Um, but anything like zero to 12 pallets, we can move really fast. Um I think we move zero to 12 pallets more efficiently than anyone else in the country. So that's really our wheelhouse. And um, and uh, we enjoy doing it. We've been doing it for a long time um, with our network of carriers, um, even though our Expedital website is is fairly new, only about a year old. Um, we uh, We've been building this network for quite some time. Well, I mean, you know, the network, the website doesn't necessarily reflect the, the network. You know, anyone can have a fancy website. Can anyone have a, you know, a fleet of vehicles ready to move maybe like a pallet of Fabergé eggs? Um, I actually don't know if that exists. That was just probably like that was for some reason the first thing that came to mind when you're like something that needs to move quickly 
and not get damaged. For some reason, Fabergé eggs came to my mind. We haven't, um, you know, we haven't put our salespeople on the Fabergé egg market. Maybe that's something we need to look into. I don't know. Um, but yeah, um, for sure, we're we're moving fast. We're moving delicate stuff. Um, and we're just also kind of moving whatever needs to be. Sometimes it's just a one-off, right? Like I have an extra couple pallets. I don't want to get another semi. Um, and if you go to our website, you can see, hey, you guys have trucks available right near me right now. Let's uh, Let's book one. Right. It's just kind of like right place, right time. You happen to be here. I happen to have something that needs to be moved. Um, so when it comes to something like that, how do you guys best determine the method for like shipping each small loads? Like what are those factors you consider? Because I'm sure not every pallet of like, I'm sure you move two pallets differently than you would move 12 or depending on the product. So kind of like, what are some of those methods that you guys take to go, okay, well, this is the perfect, like, you know, vehicle for to move this. Yeah. So our, um, our sales guys and our dispatch team are super experienced with um, these smaller vehicles and what exactly they need. And it depends on a lot of different factors. It's not just the type of product. It's the density. It's the number of pallets. So you got weight, you got volume, and then you have shipping and receiving um, instructions as well that might affect what kind of truck you can use, right? Because um, not every receiver is going to have the exact same equipment. Um, and sometimes the shipper isn't quite sure what what equipment the receiver has or what their... What their um, uh, loading area looks like, right? Obviously, you can't pull a Sprinter van up to a, a loading dock, right? And uh, and load it, you would a semi, right? And so um, we look at lots of different factors to determine, okay, what's the perfect truck for your um, for your shipment? Ultimately, what we love to do is have the the truck fits perfectly your your load, um, but sometimes other factors come into play. Um, and you have to use a different vehicle than might seem ideal for, for the freight. Um, but our guys do that all the time. They know how to ask the right questions to make sure nothing goes wrong at the shipper or at the receiver, and it all goes smoothly. So essentially, um, there's a bit of a humble brag because you guys are just really good at your job. Um, yeah, I mean, you just have to be really good at it and really experienced at it, and then you can do it too, right? Um, but <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it is... It, um, you know, you do have issues sometimes where if somebody didn't ask the right questions, you have a problem with the receiver, right? And um, the problem is not always a really quick, uh, inexpensive fix if it happens. So it's not just like go down to Home Depot, get a pallet jack and call it good. I mean, even that is like it's not, you know, go to Home Depot and get a pallet jack is is uh, not the cheapest thing to do, right? Um, and certainly your, uh, your driver is not going to be really happy with that solution either, right? No, I can't imagine that would go over well. So for these smaller loads, um, I know that they, you know, they do come on pallets and everything, but kind of how do you make sure that like your shipper knows like this is how you should package them. This is how they need to be labeled so they don't get lost. Um, like, do are there ever, for example, like to more than one shipment on a truck? Like, do you guys ever do like a two pick, like one drop or two pick, two drop kind of things? Like, kind of how do you make sure everything's properly packaged? So if you hit one of the infamous potholes in the world, you don't suddenly have a whole bunch of stuff all over the back of your van. I mean, we don't do a lot of like multiple pick and drop stuff. Um, we, because our, you know, our wheelhouse is being fast from um, point A to point B with your freight. Um, 
it does happen occasionally. And of course, we may we like to make sure things are labeled correctly. Honestly, the shipper usually takes care of that aspect of it for us. Um, because we're never putting somebody else's freight on your truck. So you need you know where it needs to go. All you need to do is give us proper instructions, right? Um, and um, yeah, so it's all dedicated dedicated trucks, right? There's not a, a, a situation where we're going to put be putting somebody else's freight on your truck unless the only way we would do that is if like both customers were like, please do this, right? Um, which doesn't typically happen with us because... Um, Again, we market ourselves and and we built ourselves on this dedicated option. So basically, there's not much there's not much room for something to go wrong unless the shipper has in fact loaded it incorrectly or done something wrong on their end. Right, right. We don't get confused about where we're going because a lot of time, I'd say ninety nine percent of the time, we're one one pick, one drop. Right. Right. There's always that one exception that you're like, oh, this is different, but okay, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you well, you know. Um, things happen. And just because it's simple doesn't mean things won't go wrong, right? Um, this is this is freight moving across the country on roads that get snow and ice even now, right? We're still dealing with snow and ice in certain parts of the country right now. So, um, you know, um, things go, things can go wrong. Um, and so like any other logistics prof- professional, you just have to be ready for every contingency, right? Right. You know, I would love for one day in logistics, everything to go exactly as planned. Just just one day. But then that's when I know that it'll be the, the true end of the world. When like not a single shipper has an issue, everything goes off without a hitch for one day. That immediately is like, oh, well, the world's ending tonight. It's been real. <laughs> if, that, if that happens, I'm going to check my pulse because I think I've died and gone to heaven logistics heaven where everything goes smoothly right but also like what is sad like if that's if that's heaven yikes <laughs> i had dream bigger yeah. yeah i'm with you um so what are some of these uh challenge because we've talked about the good things of getting things from there getting things there quickly what are some of those common challenges that come with this like what are some of the most common anytime something's going to go wrong 90 percent of the time it's going to be this this one problem what are some of those common challenges um so i think um, sometimes, uh, incomplete information, you know, um, can be a, a big problem when, um, you know, we don't have the proper information from our customer that can cause some issues. Um, but, um, you know, a, a lot of problems you see in, um, in some of these types of loads are, are caused by a lack of information about the carrier as well. Um, so, you know, I think a lot of brokers will will go out, find something that's available, and maybe they didn't get it from the most reputable source, right? And I think brokers talk about this all the time. If you if you're on you know LinkedIn following people, you see people talk about all kinds of problems they have with carriers, right? Um, same thing happens in small truckload as well. Um, the advantage we have to deal with that is every one of our carriers is out on our network and on our platform. So we have an internal TMS that they're required to use. Um, we know exactly where they are, where they're going, whether they're loaded, um, where they live, what they had for breakfast that morning. Um, and then, you know, um, if they're refrigerated, what their current temperature is as well, right? And so um, it's really um, pretty complete information on our end. And when we have a truck, when we say we have a truck, we know everything about that truck, right? 
we're not dealing with someone who we've got to try to trust um, a, about telling us all the things that are or are not true. We also know all the equipment they have available, right? So um, it's easier for us, I think, to avoid some of those problems that you you might as um, you might find with a, a typical broker. So again, I guess it just comes back to like you guys really do your homework. You're not going to offer up a like a half solution. You're going to truly have a complete solution that can that like you know everything about you're not just like yeah this guy just says it's fine so it's fine let's just see what happens yeah and and the reason we market and promote small truckload is because we know we're really good at it right um we're we're not going to market and promote something that we feel like hey we're just as good as most people right um we we uh we market and promote this because um we know nobody's doing it more efficiently and um and uh and more, um, I guess, without hiccups than than we can. Yeah. Um, so I guess when it comes to some of those temperature controlled moves, how do you, you said that you kind of have that data, you know exactly how, like what temperature that vehicle is at. Um, kind of what's the way that you do that? Is it just like a call to the thermometer or like what's like, how do you get, to, how do you get, how do you get that? We're actually in the process of changing vendors on that, but there are solutions, and I'm not going to like name drop anybody because they they compete with each other. Um, and they're actually a couple of them are competing for our our next move. So I don't want to give anybody an idea about who we might be using. Um, but um, they there are through the technology available on the market. Yes, there the technology is on the market. It's very good technology. We've tested it. Um, We've used it. It does. Uh, it does monitor the temp in real time, as well as create log sheets that a customer can ask to see if something went wrong. Right. Um, those things come in really handy if you ever end up in a situation where you need a lawyer. Right. <laughs> but um, but really, uh, I-, I think you can find them on the market. They don't hide. They promote themselves. And they offer a good service that not only will monitor, but will keep records. And then we'll also, um, they'll, they have API capabilities as well, um, where you can build it into your TMS, um, where you can see, hey, if something goes wrong, I get alerted right away. Um, if something goes off temperature, I can tell right away. And we can get that freight to a safe place um, if there's something wrong with the refrigeration in the in the vehicle. So I guess if you guys have something where like the the temperature has dropped outside of the threshold, um, it's still got maybe two hours till it delivers, and if it's like basically like the product might spoil or go bad before it's done, um, how do you kind of like do you just have your driver like? pull over until something else can get out there or like do you just say like drive to your nearest repair shop or drive faster to the destination the number one priority is um is like keeping the freight in good condition because usually the freight is more expensive than the fix to the right than the fix to the um the unit right so um ideally uh we find out right away and we direct them to the nearest cold warehouse um, where they can store it. And hopefully there's something cold nearby, right? Um, and so what we would do is we would contact that warehouse and just beg them for a little space for a little time while this gets fixed, right? Um, and begging them does involve paying them as well. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, we beg with money in our hands, please you know, uh, take this right away. Um, and so that's really the process is if you know something's gone wrong, 
you've got to get it cold um, or get it to the right temperature again. Sometimes you'll be lucky and you'll have an empty vehicle nearby, right? Um, that can come and just, you can just transload it, right? Or um, take it from, from one van to another van. Um, and, um, you know, just keep your customer apprised of what's going on. Um, I think, you know, everyone expects that things happen. What they don't like is when things happen and you don't communicate with them, right? So just, we just let our customer know, hey, we've had an issue with this. It's going to be slightly delayed. And the reason it has to be delayed is because we need to protect your product, right? Something, something went wrong on the van. We caught it right away. We're fixing it right away. Um, but, um, our, our, you'll notice in our updates that your product hasn't moved in the past two hours and you're going to be like, Hey, I was getting these tracking updates. It was moving and then it stopped. Why? Right. So we'll go ahead and be proactive and tell you why. I, I, I really like that approach because there's so many times that like when I was in operations, I was like, Oh, well, like we had something go wrong. Like we fix it, but we should call the carrier. And they're like, or we should call the customer. And they were like, no, no, we don't, we don't need to bother, cu- bother the customer with this. And I'm like, but it happened to their shipment. Like, <laughs> It's their stuff. They should know what's happening to it. But that's just one of those little pet peeves I have about like operations and common things in brokerages is that like, you know, everyone's so scared to talk to the customer. Yeah. Um, and you shouldn't be if something goes wrong. Um, they might find out. They might not find out. It's getting easier and easier for them to find out, even if you're trying to hide it. And sometimes you don't know whether they'll find out when you're trying to hide it. So you might as well be transparent, you know, with technology now they may have a GPS monitor on the freight, right? So if it stops, they can see that. And they may even have a temperature monitor on the freight. So if it changes temperature, they might see that as well. So um, why are you going to try to hide something from them that they can already see, right? Um, They shouldn't have to call you two hours later and be like, hey, my my freight's been at the wrong temperature for two hours. What are you doing? You should have called them as soon as you knew there was a problem and let them know. Right. Um, and that's what we try to do is make sure that if we have an issue, um, we know about it right away and then we start fixing it right away. And then, of course, we keep our customer apprised of what's going on. Right. Because I feel like every time you try to hide it and they find out about it, they're going to be like, well, how many other times have you done this? And then your trust is broken. And more often than not, you might not retain that customer for very much longer. And I think people uh, people like honestly, people like you and trust you when you admit you messed up. Right. Um, I think in any kind of relationship, if you can admit your faults um, and own them and um, at least make some effort to do better or fix it, people will be appreciative. Right. So that's kind of, um, you know, where we where we are. I like it. It's a good. I feel like that's a good spot to be in. Um, but before we are almost out of time and there's one question that everyone that comes on the show has to answer and it might be the hardest question you have all day. Are you ready for it? I hope so. Is cereal a soup? Is cereal a soup? Can I answer your question with a question? Uh, Of how very lawyer of you. Of course you can. What's, what's your favorite soup? Well, so I actually don't really like soup. It's all in this past year that I've started eating soup. I like at all um but i will say that if you if you make me pick one i will pick like a butternut squash soup because it's thicker but i still have to have something to dip in it because there's just my brain does not like the act of picking up liquid with a spoon and then like eating it i don't know i have a weird thing around soup well my favorite soup is um honey nut cheerios (laughs) so does that answer your question yes it does okay 
perfect. All right. So if someone wants to talk to you about a uh, small truckload or your favorite type of soup, where can they find you outside the show? Um, they can go to our website, expediteall.com. Um, they can also go to reefervannetwork.com. That's reefervannetwork is our division that specializes in cold freight. Um, so either of those websites, they can also find me on LinkedIn, uh, Alex Winston. I'm not hard to find. Um, and then of course, you know, reach out to me directly if you're interested. Um, I like talking freight with anyone. So, um, find that we all learn from each other the more we talk about it. So, um, yeah, I'm happy to, to talk to anyone who wants, who's interested and, um, Oh, oh! I did have one update for you on STL because you know you've been tracking whether this actually gets used. I saw an independent freight agent, not related to me. Their LinkedIn tag said that they do FTL and STL. Small truckload. Look Small at truckload. That. So Look at that it's, it's catching, catching on. on. It's catching on. But yeah, I like um, it. So find me on LinkedIn. Um, find the company at expediteall.com. Awesome! Thank you so much for being with us today. All right. Thanks, Mary. You can catch other episodes of Running on Ice right here on Freightwaves TV or YouTube or anywhere else you get your podcasts like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Need more Running on Ice news? Subscribe to the newsletter on freightwaves.com slash running on ice. See you on the internet.